Today we're continuing our look in Psalm 119, and we've come to verses 129 through 136. And this section is all about light, the light of God's Word, the light of God's face. And you can see it's framed. I think the best way to work through these verses are in pairs, and the first pair, 129 and 130, parallels the final pair, 135, 136. And they're all about light. Verse 130, the unfolding of your word gives light. Verse 135, your f- make your face shine upon your servant. So we see the light of God's word brings the light of God's face. And in the middle, the two pairs are all about grace and redemption. Be gracious to me. This is how God nourishes us, is through his grace. And then redeem me. This is how God liberates us, through redemption. So today, let's look at the outer pairs on the light, the light of God's word, the light of God's face. Notice in 129, your testimonies are wonderful. That word, wonderful, full of wonder. They're all awe-inspiring, and we're meant to marvel at their vastness, their beauty. This word is most often used in the Bible of the response we should have when we stare into the heavens, looking out into the vastness, the beauty, the majestic nature of the heavens. It kind of has this out-of-this-world quality. It's full of wonder. And then notice, because of that, his soul wants to Observe the commandments, or you could translate it preserve or conserve. The idea here is that they're a vast wholeness, and you have to keep them intact. So just as Jesus wore a seamless garment, his commandments, his word is seamless, and you can't pick them apart. There's to be no subtraction or no addition You're to conserve conserve them, preserve them, observe them, see them in their wholeness. So there's this supernatural wonder about the word. That's what 129 is all about. And then 130 is all about, well, how do you experience it? How do you see it? How do you get access to the wonder? And here are the images of of an unfolding. The unfolding of your words gives light, or the opening up. That's the image. We can maybe use the image of a door. That might be more helpful for us. Uh, The image actually is of a giant, almost curtain um, that must be kind of pulled back. It must be unfolded so you can hang it up. Uh, 
or pulled back so you can see. So remember, you know, in this world, they, they're decorating, especially in the king's homes with these elaborate, beautiful curtains. Think about how the tabernacle was built with these thick, giant, ornate, beautiful curtains. Um, and they'd be richly woven, beautiful tapestries that would then be hung in your home. And the idea was that it, it wasn't just for decoration. It was also for protection. And so you would uh, hang them up, but then when you wanted to bring the light in, you'd, you'd unfold them, you'd open them up. And so here we see the, the reality is that a closed Bible is no good. A misunderstood Bible is no good. You have to open it up. You open it up through prayer so the light can come in. You open it up through study. You open it up through community. I'm amazed at the richness the richness of biblical truth that can come out in community. When we're sitting around the table at men's Bible study and people are sharing what they see in the Word, it's always so rich. And then you open it up through obedience. You have to obey to seek to keep it. But notice what it gives. It gives in 130 understanding to the simple. Understanding is seeing how things integrate all together and what to make of them. Biblically, there's a threefold movement to get to wisdom. First, you just need the facts. Facts are stubborn things. You have to get the facts. But then it's not enough just to have the facts. Understanding is the next step. And understanding is the ability to integrate all of the facts and the information into a coherent whole. And then wisdom is the ability to then respond properly. We need understanding. But then it's given to the simple. And everyone begins life as a simpleton in the category of the simple. That's what children are, according to Proverbs. The idea is they're simple, they're gullible, they're green, and they have to assume they don't know and they need to be taught and trained. And it's the job of parents, educators, instructors, the word, to move people from being simple to being wise. It's one of the great follies of adults always asking children their opinion on things and having children stand up and lecture on complex things like climate change and global warming. They're simple, and the goal is to move them from a place of simplicity to wisdom. And we're all simple. We all begin that way. And there's so many things in life that we remain simple. But it's a posture of submitting yourself to the wonder of the word and then having it bring understanding that will help you progress from a place of simplicity to a place of wisdom. But then notice what is the goal of the light? What are you meant to see? In 135, make your face shine upon your servant. There's a supernatural element to the word, and that supernatural element is you're meant ultimately to see his face. This is the goal. This is the ultimate point. And where the word shines properly, God's face can be seen. And I have found that one of the most helpful things to reorient me when my mind and my heart are disengaged when I'm reading the word is to remind myself the goal is to see his face. 
The goal is to hear his voice. The goal is not just to do this so I can check it off my to-do list and feel good about myself. The goal is not to find arguments that will buttress my opinion or whatever I'm thinking. The goal is not even to do the work required so I can stand up on Sunday or now video on Saturday and teach and preach. That's one of the occupational hazards of pastoral ministry as you go to the Word because it's your job, not because you want to see His face or hear His voice. And I have to constantly remind myself that's the goal. His shining face comes through His Word. But notice what it comes through. It comes through the teaching of His truth. Teach me your truth. His face shines. That means it, it shines with His delight, His favor, but it comes through the teaching. And then 136 is just a remarkable verse. My eyes shed streams of water. So his eyes, he, his heart is broken. Why? Because they do not keep your law. He's looking. He knows what a rich treasure the word is and how it's through the word that he encounters the face of the living Lord. And what a gift. What hope. What peace. And then he sees those who disregard it and don't keep it and don't have it. And he's heartbroken. He's grieved by those who don't get it, who reject it. He says his word is so wonderful that it breaks his heart when he considers those who fail to keep it. And if you you know the preciousness of the word, you know, I've sat in the room with amazing, saintly, women who are watching their husband of 60 years be eaten away with cancer and they cling to the word and it's their light, it's their hope, it's their salvation. And I just wonder, what would you do without this word? What would you do without this hope? What would you do without this promise? And here, I'm so convicted because he looks at people who don't have it and he's sad for them. He grieves for them because he knows how good it is. Ah, let's not take the goodness of the word for granted. But seek the light of his face through the light of his word. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son.